Lightning Strikes Thrice is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, please check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy 13 series game club podcast. This is episode 8, covering the ending stretch of Final Fantasy 13 2. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is. Matt Marcus. Graham Marcus. In. <laughs> Fletcher. Folks, when we last left off, we had scoured time for the Graviton Cores needed to float humanity's new arc and bid an emotional farewell to Hope and Alyssa as we sped toward our final confrontation with Caius. Time bike. Mm-hmm. So, we are in the Void Beyond now. Noel is fighting Caius, but loses. Caius stabs Noel through his chest with the uh, enormous uh, soul edge, and uh, dark mystical smoke comes out of Noel's wound. Sarah lands in another location in the Void Beyond, and Mog is there, but Mog is stuck in bow form for the moment and does not respond to her. Although I think Solid improvement. <laughs> well, I think later on, like... He becomes, like, whatever, Ghost Mog. Even better. But, uh, yeah, you can't interact with Mog for the moment. Also, when you get stabbed, are you telling me chaos smoke doesn't emanate from your body? Uh, Fletch, you want to take this one? In the winter, it does. I could definitely, like, (laughs) take a photo right now. I'll show you some chaos smoke. But only in the winter. Hmm. Gonna blow some fucking chaos smoke into this microphone right now. I was wondering, like, what is what are those exhales I keep cutting out of the recording? <laughs> uh, oh, it's me being bored and vaping way too much. Yeah, that's mm. that's exactly mm. what it is. <laughs> well, ask an honest question. Sarah finds another Yule who tells her that they are trapped in Valhalla. Will Sarah never escape? Sarah finds another Yule, one from Sarah's time. She tells Sarah, like other Yules before. That Sarah and them are the same. They are servants of Etro, a deity. Fucking great. Here's some, like, late game, here's the real plot. I mean, this has been the plot, like, the entire time. It's just now they're actually talking about it, like, directly and not just in, like, Uh really coded lines of... Because remember, you ran into Yule once when you show up in, uh, I think, Yachas Masif... Uh, one of them, like 110 or something. And she's like, you and me are the same. And she's like, what? And then she, Yule's like, bye now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm 
probably just complaining about it because it's fucking jrpg.text or we have to put all the plot at the end instead of the whole game. Look, not everything can be FF4. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, exposition dumps in this section of the game, but at least for me, it seems a lot of this is set up, but they do hammer it a little harder than they needed to. Is this the one that tells us, like, the plot of Final Fantasy Thirteen? No, that's the next one. Yeah, yeah it's coming up. I was going to save that, yeah. Yeah, but, like, in this place, there are diagonal staircases, those staircases that go down, but they also turn to the, like, left or right. And, like, okay, here it's okay because this is a subdimensional void where you can have that, like, weird geometry, but you can't have it in academia, which you know, we had before, and I'm so upset about it. <laughs> the one thing that's anti, frustrating about... construction Yeah. The one thing that's frustrating about this is there are battles here, and they didn't need to be, because... Oh, dude, there shouldn't be battles for, like, this. For, like, basically any of the rest of the game, there should be no battles. Well, I mean, like... Except maybe the dungeon at the end. I, but, yeah, I would say, like, like stretch. one one area at the end of this game... Like at the end of this section, I would say it's fine having battles because it's like a whole round to road run around it, even though there's nothing in it. But yeah, this part, I'm like, uh, why? Why am I fighting little bug monsters? These battles aren't interesting. This is just taking up time. Oh, I hope you like fighting these bug monsters, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we fight them a lot. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I hope you really like these bug monsters because, boy, are you going to like lightning returns? Ooh. Yeah, they, at least you can literally genocide them there. No, these are the ones you can't genocide. You, these are the ones you can only genocide in the secret dungeon. Because yeah. there's like 10,000 of there's them. There's like, uh, I think, 40 or 30,000 of them. You can genocide literally everything, though. Yeah, that's a fun side quest. Actually, no, I don't think I've ever done it. I have. I am so confused. <laughs> there is a mechanic in Lightning Returns wherein you can literally wipe a monster out of existence. Yeah, there are only a fixed number of each monster. You can have no monsters left in the world. Oh, so it's like Dark Souls 2. Kind of, except the last one of each race is also a super boss. Oh, fun. They're not super bosses. The super boss is a different thing. Well, they're like tough. They're mini bosses. They're like yeah, that's, um, that's they're true. like over souls from Final Fantasy X-2. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get there in a couple episodes. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty hyped. Tell me more about the plot magic. Anyhow, another ghost jewel shows up and recaps the story of 13 with the six and the one lightning and her comrades and, you know, Sarah off to the side being crystal. When they saved cocoon, they were all put in crystal sleep. But when they woke back up, they were being rescued by the goddess Etro, who took pity on them. Unfortunately, by doing so, Etro warped time. Graham has a question here in the notes. Was this planned from the beginning? No. 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 Yeah, like, I kind of no. figured that it's, uh, you know, after Final Fantasy XIII came out and the story was a train wreck, the creator said, oh, crap, we better justify how stupid that ending was. Let's just make it a time goddess changing time to save the heroes. Well, they also forgot uh, Dodge, who's also a Lassie. He's left off the list of the six and one. <laughs> Yeah. No, Whoops. come on. It's the six, the, the one, and the three-fifths. Uh, I knew that. Was, uh, I saw that coming after. <laughs> but yeah, this is also the <sighs> beginning of 
The secret plot of this game is that Etro is the single worst deity in history at their job. Apparently. Etro is so bad at everything. Literally everything Etro does goes wrong. Not very clairvoyant for a goddess of time. She has no foresight. Well, no, she gave the foresight to the Yules, which is also a curse that kills them. And she gave her immortality to Caius, and she get, like she gives away all of her powers. And so that mm-hmm. basically means she's just a blind idiot bumble-fucking throughout time, and that's how we get 13-2. Imagine how bad the gifts must get. Like, you get to, like, you know, like, 1100 AF, and it's like, I have the goddess Etro's Vitamix or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh. Noel's Blades are. Yep. Oh, you're right. I am right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so Yule implies that Sarah is too late to change the future. Sarah makes her way up to the top, uh, where she finds a Yule that says she is, quote, all the Yules. Uh, Legion Yule tells Sarah that changing the timeline brings her closer to death. Thank God. Caius appears and attacks Sarah. The battle is very easy. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a couple of things going on in here that I think are are weird. For one thing, like, the different Yules for different timelines, they have, like, different accents. It, it feels very like a Christmas carol where it's like, I'm the ghost of future present, or I'm the Yule of whatever, uh, which is kind of weird. But also, Caius does this really creepy chin stroke on Sarah <laughs> in the scene. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little <laughs> yeah, weird. Because she's, like, yeah, frozen in time, and he's just like, I'm just going to caress your chin. <laughs> Look, all, all I'm saying is that social progress isn't a straight line. <laughs> <sighs> but you would think because he's immortal and he's lived through all the... Anyway. While we're here, <laughs> I forgot to look up exactly where it is. There's two or three paradox endings during this super linear stretch. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of them. It's basically, blah, we're trapped in the end of time forever. It sucks. Caius and Sarah? Like, I forget where this is because two of them come out of you have to deliberately fight a super Caius in this thing. This is why I remember that because they're so annoying and you have to restart this whole sequence every time to get a new one. My guess is you probably just have to have the Paradox scope on, right? Yeah, you have to have it on, but you have to redo all of this chunk of chain because you can't. If you, and you reset it, you go back to this, the start of this episode every time. Yeah, this this section, man, like if you have to redo any part of it, it's a slog. And well, I'll get to that when we get to the final boss stretch. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Ugh. I spent so long on the final boss. Oh, me too, dude. Like, oh, my God. So good, anyway, good boss, though. Sarah asks where Noel is and Kaya says that he's in a place where he's at peace. And we're back in a cutscene, and Caius beats the crap out of Sarah, which is really uncomfortable. And he says something like, all Yules die because their powers take away their life, which is something we've talked about in multiple parts in the game. And this will come up again. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. (laughs) And Caius says again, he wants to save Yule by destroying history, therefore stopping her torment of dying young. And then uh, Caius impales Sarah through the chest. Yep. Then the screen goes black. It is Brescia. 3 AF. Sarah wakes up just outside a new bodum. Nora comes and wakes her up. The sky is an eerie color. Sarah asks what the year is, and they tell her it's 3 AF. 
She can walk around the beach and talk to people, but you know who, quote unquote, is waiting inside her house. Yep. By the way, I have a note here. Well, for one thing, Kaya says surrender to heart's desire, and that's something we're dealing with right now. But also, LeBro's walk cycle in this section right here is really ridiculous. Uh huh. I didn't notice. Like when she turns around and she does this weird, like, sachet with her hands at her hips, like, hey, take a look at my ass. It looks real weird in this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just made a note of that. The music is real dope here, by the way. This whole section of the game, the music is on point. Like, they pull out mm-hmm. all the big guns, and it works really well. Well, what's the music in this particular scene? Is it, like, I... a weird version of the Bodum theme or something? I think it's the... I want to say it's the... No, you know, it might be later. It's the vocal version of Hope's theme in this game. Here, let me let me take a look. Let me see if I no, can that's, find it. Uh, no, that's Dying World. Oh, you're right. That's in Dying World. It's possible. Anyway, I'll I'll look it up and I'll I'll drop it in here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, music in the section, really good. Hope you enjoy it when I cut it in here. Hi, this is Matt from the future. It turns out that the song that is playing at the very beginning of Sarah's Dream is the Game Over music. So that's an interesting little nugget right there. All right, back to the show. But anyway... The person, the you-know-who, is Snow. Snow is waiting in the uh, house, and Sarah shows up and is very confused and distraught. She doesn't understand what's going on, and she runs off. And when you go out, you can see that there's weird distortions in the air. It's kind of like a dream fog. She sees lightning out on the pier in her uh, normal getup, and you go and talk to her to advance the plot, She lays it on real thick that, hey, everything is perfect. All your loved ones are here. Why don't you want to stay? And she extends her hand out. And then you have the option to either accept the dream world or reject it. And you can probably guess which one is the right answer. (laughs) Except. Taking the blue pill. I I definitely took the paradox ending and it's weird, right? uh, Does it work if if you don't have the paradox scope yet? Yeah, yeah, I believe this is the first paradox ending you can get if you don't have it. Okay, so here's what I wrote down for this paradox ending. It's almost like Sarah's happiness has forced out all of her other emotions. Every day is paradise. Everyone, sometimes even Saz, is there. She's content, and there's only one thing keeping it from being perfect. She can't remember Noel, but knows he's missing. In her room, she has a mirror. She never uses it. It's scary because on the other side is another world, and if she peeks inside it, she'll be yanked in and lost forever. 
That's <laughs> rad. I love it. That's fucking awesome. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, like, in theory, though, okay, so you take this ending, she's in Happy Dream World, and then Caius collapses the timeline, and Valhalla invades everywhere, and then that should all just go away, right? No. Or is, is she in Valhalla technically, like, timeless Valhalla forever in this dream? Okay, so here's the thing, and since we're on the final episode, we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. Caius is doing this as a last-ditch effort to piss you off. If you stay here, he loses. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. Like, your actions are required for Caius to succeed. I guess that's... Because Ezra has have to die. To correct the timeline mm-hmm. to make the ending happen and his plan succeed. Only Noel can kill him. And huh. if he doesn't die, Etro doesn't die. So when Cocoon falls, the gate opens and Etro keeps the chaos back. So Caius uh, okay. explicitly has to die. Okay, then why are you tempting both Noel and Sarah into a dream world that they will never escape from? You know, tempting them to take this thing that they want if he needs them to reject it. Because Caius has a bad plan. <laughs> I, I guess so. Well, this is the first time. It's because sense. your plan is we're fixing the timeline. His plan is I'm aborting the timeline, but that means you have to stop him, which would be correcting the timeline. Everything is good with history until you go to the end of time, and that's where he screws you. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot more sense than uh, Barty's plan in the last game. Yeah, this game is... talk about it! (laughs) This game is not high art, but this game has a plot that does make actual sense and you can diagram out. No, this is the the most cohesive time travel plot there's ever been. Yeah, it's surprisingly surprisingly neat in its uh, flow. You'd think it would get a lot messier, but not not really. Like, I, I think, like, the one thing that's really random is, like, the, the fake um, the fake Caius in Academia 400 AF. Well, that's because that's the AI screwing with them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a so, fake out. But yep. anyway, so to continue the game to the end where we're going, you have to reject Lightning's offer. And she disappears and a voice calls to Sarah from afar. An exceptionally irritating voice. And with that <laughs> adjective, you know that we're going to go walk to where we started the game, where the meteorite fell. And hey, it's Vanille. She's in, the, she's in the crystal holding up Cocoon in real life, but she can manifest here. Fang, too. The two of them chill out, talk to Sarah, who they never really met, to be fair. So this is kind of weird for her. She met Vanille because there's that whole scene with uh, the song Face It Later, where they're like, it's that weird conversation where Sarah's like, Oh, if you have something important to tell your loved one, don't talk about it until you're ready. Yeah, but she didn't meet Fang, is what Fletch said. Yeah. Oh, she didn't meet Fang, yeah. Yeah, they, they, Vanille they she least... recognizes. You yeah. You understand why her voice is calling out. Then Fang shows up, and it's basically like Vanille going, Oh, hey, this is my destined ghost lover. Hi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, Sarah's a little weirded out by that. That was all. And then Fang, like, fucking high winds through time. <laughs> Is it just me or is Vanille's voice very different? I didn't recognize it, even though she was like standing there talking. And I know it's the same voice actress because I looked it up. But to me, it's a lot less squeaky in the delivery. Like, I I just couldn't place it. Well, you have to remember, everyone is aged up in this game. I guess you're right. I guess like 
Oh my god. Oh my god, I just realized she's like Sailor Moon keeps coming up when I keep thinking about this because it's like they're perpetually teenagers, but actually they're thousands of years old. That makes it okay, Matt. Don't worry about it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. It's going to get worse. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh no. Yeah, it does. They, what they're gonna they're gonna age down hope again? Is that what it is? Yes, actually. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's what I no. thought. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which one of these characters was already a child and they unchilded him? Oh, the one character. Also, Vanille's the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Vanille's the Pope? Yeah. Vanille's the fucking Pope. Jesus and Christ. Snow's the mayor of Ecstasy Town. This is okay. All right. Well, Lightning Returns is fucking incredible. It's great. Oh my God. All right, all right, all right, don't spoil anymore, please. I, I yeah, wanna... yeah. <laughs> we got to get there, but yeah. 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 Anyhow, Fang and, and Vanille. Says, like all minorities in Final Fantasy, lives in a shantytown. <laughs> oh. He chooses to live there. He chooses to live out there. Okay, you know what? Okay, like, returns, that, that, that's, that's... that's going down a dark, difficult conversation. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> after where the DLC in this game leaves him, I too would go, fuck this, fuck this all. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Anyhow. <sighs> so, we go through the distortion that Fang created, and we wind up in Dying 100 World, 700 AF. Why can't I see anything? Sarah sees Noel hunting... A- it's so dark. It it's is really dark. dark. Yeah. I mean, this is it when is- time is going out and the world is extinguished. There's probably barely a star. But that's explicitly... That's not what it looks like. You can come back here and you can just see. It's just... All dark for some reason, right? And, now. and it's got like a red sky and everything. It looks really neat. Yeah, it looks it good. Look like we should say that it looks great. It's like we're inside an ecotone between the actual location of the Dining World Seven Hundred AF and Noel's nightmare, his flashback nightmare. No, this is supposed to be his world of eternal peace. That's my favorite part about it. That In is kind of world weird. of eternal peace. The sky is blood red. There are only three humans. So here's the difference between Sarah's dream and Noel's dream. Sarah's dream is the life she would have had had people not started screwing with time and her boyfriend fought a tomato for 200 years. Mm-hmm. And she's OK with that. Noel's dream is a hellish nightmare because of the fact that his one driving goal in life is protect Yule, be the guardian when Caius leaves. And so his becomes a nightmare. This whole section rules as a horror game. No, it's really good. Mm -hmm. It has the world's most depressing birthday party. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Sad birthday. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> so, okay, so Sarah sees Noel hunting a fucking behemoth for somebody's birthday. Noel runs off, running right through Sarah. He doesn't even notice her. You run around, and Sarah finds Noel talking to Caius down by a village. Caius is impressed with Noel's hunt and believes he's ready to replace him as the one true guardian. But to do that, he will have to kill Caius, and Noel doesn't want to. So, this is my favorite thing, is that Caius's voice is so stupid when the, he's trying to have a normal conversation and not just oh yeah it's, it's so extra <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking incredible yule can you fetch me some water does Liam o'brien just sound like that every like every day 
Uh, no. Can you pass the butter? <laughs> you probably want to having a birthday party. Happy birthday. You probably want to wait a few minutes before using the restroom. Here's the secret. <laughs> uh, Liam O'Brien's actual voice is Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen him on, um, what is it, Critical Role or whatever the D&D podcast is with Matt Mercer as the DM. And uh, his voice is less gravelly than this, but like most of the voices he uses in the shows are like this tone. Akihiko is kind of like this, but like younger, non-chain smoking Akihiko. <laughs> okay, here here's or another thing. Kaius. We don't know it yet, but this is like some Oregon Trail levels of you kill a buffalo for two thousand pounds of meat and can only carry fifty. <laughs> well, I mean, the rest it's is like going to spoil entire eventually. Behemoth for three people. But he mentions how hard it is to hunt back like in his day. So it's probably like there's just really rare game. Like there isn't a lot of it. I don't know. I guess like maybe he could like salt most of it and he could, you know, <laughs> have it last the whole trail. No, there's there's way too much of it because it's a rare game. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That, that was, was good. That, that took a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. When Sarah gets closer, Caius disappears and... Noel is sad and he starts narrating, which is a little weird. I'm not sure why there's a narration here, but he explains that for one thing, his fighting style with uh, using dual swords, uh, he developed because he could not compete with Caius using a giant fuck off blade, which I don't even know how to describe this thing other than like, it's just it's the soul edge. It, yeah, besides being the soul, the soul edge. edge. Right, but, like, how do you describe the Soul Edge? For those who don't know, like, it's basically a big sword that is just a, it's like a slab of earth. It's got, like, weird protrusions and angles and, like, hook. It's a Final Fantasy sword. You know what it looks like. Imagine if you took a pizza cutter, stuck a handle on the end of the round part, and put an eye in the middle of it. That's Caius's sword. Right, but, like, he says he couldn't fight him with his own sword, but, like, there's only one of those swords. Where's the other one? <laughs> there well, needs no, to he be couldn't two. beat him in a, single fu- in a single fighting style, a single sword fighting style. Yeah, I guess it's fair, like, when you look at, like, Noel's big sword, it's kind of, it still has a similar, like, design, wispy, flamey design motif that, like, Soul Edge does, but it's just smaller. It has a little tube connected to it. At this point, I was using the uh, the Odin weapons. Yeah, they do so much damage. You know, it took me a while in this section later on. I had to go do some side stuff for a while and I ended up I needed to pick up like 30 more fragments to make them significantly better than the weapon I was using at the time. Like, is an oh, no, I got it. And it was like a 400 percent upgrade right away. (laughs) Jesus. Also, I feel we should point out this this whole segment also sucks because the first time you're in it, you can't leave. There is no gate back to the crux. So yeah. if you're not strong enough, have fun, buddy. You can't just return from the start menu? No, you cannot leave during these whole dreams. Oh, neat. Oh, so yeah. like, when is the first section you can get out? Is it after after this, where you, you I do one more boss think battle? I think you do. That's when you it, get to 500. Yeah, it's before 500. Uh, yeah. Or Academia 500. Okay. Anyway, Noel says he wants to be the true guardian and have the power of chaos and take over for Caius. But he never had a chance to actually challenge him uh, before Caius disappeared. Okay, that's not true, Noel. Caius left because you a fucking punk. 
and wouldn't do it. Well, he, so he, he wanted had to, to fight find him. another option. Like he he wanted to be strong enough to beat him, but not want to kill him. And Kaius is like, "But you have to kill me." You're gonna hear that a lot, which is like, "You have to kill me." And Noel's like, and "No." Kaius like, "You know what? Fuck you. Fuck this. Let's go do something else." Mm-hmm. But anyway, Kaius fucks off and leaves Yule alone on her birthday with Noel. That was my party whistle sound. It was really low energy. I'm sorry. Please clap. All right. Hey, uh, fuck it. <laughs> You said low energy. I had to. Okay, continue. <laughs> Mog is heard. Around the village, there are red spirits that, if Mog reveals, turn to people and instantly die. This is awesome. Yo, did you listen to them? They say really fucked up shit. Like the one guy just says, We were only born to suffer and die in pain. This is so metal. like this got me real good because i'm like oh yeah every time like there's usually a distortion you go and you reveal it and it's fine it's like an item or maybe like a dlc character hanging out or like captain cryptic but like this time like you go oh oh that's noel over there and they just fucking eat it and it's like oh shit yeah it's it's pretty macabre pretty bleak you're straight up murdering noel's village to break him out of this dream yeah, so I wonder how much of this is the dream or how much of this is, like, you're actually fucking with people in reality. So. Well, no, I just, I think it's like a flashback in a way. Like, you're seeing, you're witnessing the spirits mm-hmm. of Noel's village and their dying words and feelings. Oh, my so God. So what's actually going on is the dream is it's an endless loop of birthday for Noel. You're breaking that by making him remember the actual past of his life. Mm-hmm. And that means everyone dies until, which is hilarious. Because you know what that means? That means that, like in the real timeline, and when he was growing up, he's hanging out in his little village, uh, you know, with his grandmother and with all these other friends, you know, whatever people. And then they just start randomly dying, and it's because Mog is <laughs> revealing them in the dream in the future. <laughs> They're just dropping. Well, no, dead. in the actual time, they all passed over time. But ah, no, see that would have been that's less fun. I know. Because, like, if you were the reason why his entire village got wiped out... Oh, just the fucking red birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That would have been amazing. That would have been so good. You know what? I'm willing to accept that. That's the new canon. (laughs) (laughs) The red birthday is too good. (laughs) All right, Sarah finds Noel in a flashback where he talks to Yule about a birthday party... Noel's depressed because there's only going to be the three of them, Noel, Yule, and Caius. When Yule disappears, more narration tells us that Noel couldn't accept Yule's fate nor forgive Caius for leaving. Okay, the setup for this birthday party is amazing. It's something like Noel's like, I don't have anything for you. And she says, that's okay. It'll be great as long as everyone's there. And then the next sentence is, it's just the three of us. <laughs> Well, I yeah. mean, low expectations, you know. He's fucking just. I, lo- I really liked the two sentence setup of everyone will be there, you and Caius. <laughs> For what it is worth, I also like this because this is straight up the moment that turns Noel and Caius into Noel and Caius. The one mm. person between them dies. Noel. Blames Caius and says, I'm going to protect them forever. Caius goes, that's it. I'm done. Fuck the goddess. Fuck my duty. Fuck everything. 
Mm-hmm. And so Noel becomes a plucky JRPG protagonist and Caius becomes the ultimate villain, all because of a dead woman. Happy birthday, Yule. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we follow Noel around to another memory, which is Caius challenging Noel on that final birthday. Noel wants the power of the Guardian from Caius so he can leave here and find new people. Caius thinks he's a naive ass. Inside him is the heart of Etro, and if he dies and the heart stops beating, Etro too will die. Chaos will unleash and time will break. And then we have a quick scripted boss fight that's basically just a curb stomp in your favor. But, like, here's a question. Supposedly, Noel kills Caius, Noel becomes Guardian. But if Noel kills Caius, Noel destroys the universe and time. So he can't ever become Guardian because he would have to kill the heart of Etro to do it, right? Am I missing something Yes here? Yeah. and no. Okay. Also, Etro has explicitly basically been on life support through Caius mm-hmm. since the end of 13 anyway. So let's let's just wa- let's just diagram this out. If Noel killed Caius right here, in theory he mu- either Caius is going to revive or Noel is going to get the heart. We don't really know which. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's something, something, immortality. This is why you have to kill him at the end of time, where time is frozen so he can't be revived. Okay, so, but he could be revived, except he would s- no longer be the Guardian? I don't know if there's a transfer on that, but they explicitly say later, he can only succeed in his plan if he dies at the end of time. Something okay. is going to keep him alive, or Etro alive, or whatever, but due to the heart. Yeah, so I mean that that would make sense that like if he died anywhere other than Valhalla, then Etro's heart would just jump over to whoever killed him for some reason, and then Noel would be immortal with the heart of Etro. Yeah, I'm not sure if he would just be forcefully resurrected by it, or if yeah, whoever slays him gets the heart. It's it's kind of unclear. Which which by the way, uh, I have a note here saying there could be only one. Just gonna lay that yeah, out there. He, he explicitly said, that you know, that that kind one. of. <laughs> he he says it like slightly moved around, like it's not exactly the Highlander, but it is the Highlander. But Caius would be forcefully revived, right? The "you have to kill me" thing is literally just their tradition to create the best possible guardian. Caius like can explicitly do whatever the fuck he wants with the power of chaos, and he does so all the time. Right? So I assume the two things are separate. Well, he also has to die by Noel's blade. Right. Well, why? <laughs> I mean, like, also, like, like if Noel that. knew that Caius was essentially immortal and killing him probably wouldn't kill him because he's immortal, then he shouldn't have been so like, oh, well, then I won't kill you. It's more like, I'll kill you. You'll wake up. It'll be fine. I don't I don't think Noel knows that. Yeah, I think we, I think Caius has Noel hidden that from him. Noel doesn't know that. Ka- Noel doesn't know that Caius has been alive for the entirety of history. I mean, he, but he should look exactly the same since he was a child then, right? Because, like, Caius doesn't age. Yeah, but how many people has Noel seen who weren't just old, withered crones? He's the last birth in history. And by old, withered crones, you mean, like, 30, which is, like, their, like, version of old people. I think they've explicitly said. Right, but, like, Ka- well, like you know supposedly... Noel is like what, like twenty, or maybe he's like nineteen or twenty, 19. I think. And he's known Caius probably his entire life, and Caius hasn't aged a single day. 
during that entire time. Like, eh? that's not suspicious? Well, I, I think it's believable. Look, all I'm saying, I mean, sure. getting a feather, if you frame your face just right, no one will notice. I mean, like, they must have used really, really nice, like, post-apocalyptic volcanic skin cream. <laughs> Since time is so broken, no one gets wrinkles. There. Done. All right. Fair. So now that Noah's denied Gaius because his feelings, Gaius leaves to go to Valhalla to kill Etro. Sarah follows Noel to a gate where Yul is attending to an oracle drive. Noel never knew that when a CRS sees the future, they lose a chunk of their lifespan. Yul inevitably dies, and then Noel is sad. And uh, there's a line that comes back later where she says, we'll see each other again in the future. Something like that. He's like crying on her face as this is happening. It's an important scene for some reason. So at this point, Noel decides to leave on a journey to become a warrior of Etro because he wants to. There's some really good monologuing here, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, this is all like monologue. This is all narration monologue. This next part. I wrote down one explicitly because I thought it was great. Ranks of obsidian pierced the heavens. White sand choked the earth. No matter how far I walked, I saw no one. No matter how long I waited, the gates of the goddess would not open. Long ago, when I was just a feel we should point out for anyone who hasn't played this this place is a vast empty wasteland and you have to traverse it on foot there are no chocobos during this segment you cover most of the ground of the biggest area in the game no it's fucking awesome if there were no fights here this would be the best oh i i dig it i see what they're going for but like we we really have not conveyed just what a wasteland this is and how you are as Noel traversing the whole thing on your doomed journey. Yeah, so you're seeing Noel in the in the distance, you walk up to him, then he like melts away, and then you run up to him again. And you still have that re- really dark filter on, so you can't see very far ahead, I believe, at this still. And so Yeah, it's like uh it's like spotlighting. It's like pretty good. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very visually striking. I kind of wonder if, just thinking on it, had the roles been reversed, had Noel been following Sarah in her nightmare dream, would we get, like, the weird dark New Bodum? I I don't think so, because New Bodum was, you know, the time that they warped to was not in the, like, you know, horrific post-apocalyptic future. But I just, since you mentioned spotlighting, I just kind of wonder, like, as the only real person in that dream, would we just only see Sarah walking around an abandoned beach? Oh, that would be rad. Yeah, it would just be her screaming at a bunch of kids, and then they all jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So you chase Noel around for a bit, and you find him near death at a beacon of light that's coming down from the sky. 
that picks him up and starts sucking him in. And you should, this should sound a little familiar to the beginning of the game. This is how Noel ended up in Valhalla. And Sarah grabs onto him and shakes him out of his trance. Noel then recognizes Sarah, and we end up with a, another boss fight, but a different boss fight with Gogmagog. He's got both arms. True Gogmagog. So it turns out, like, ah! he, he's got the two heads and the two arms, and it's just each side of him was poking through a, a portal to attack you, but it, there were both yeah, one I just person. wrote down in all caps, we fight both arms and a whole body. Fucking height. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Shin Gogmagog. And then he's so easy, I killed him in one stagger bar. Like, I have no notes about this boss fight. It's yeah, not very I, notable. Like, a really basic fight for me. Buffs, debuffs, and a quick staggering. He was gone. Yeah, I think, like, it's funny. This section of the game, there are boss fights that are super easy. And then there are, like... because well, you're co- locked in. Right. And there are a couple of boss fights that are just... Why is this so difficult? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the end of the game. Right. This one is very easy because you're lo- they're all the fights when you're railroaded are easy. Then after that, like those fucking giraffes, kind of tough. Yeah, they're they're <sighs> pretty tough. Though when you kill them, the visual effect goes away. Ah, yes, yeah, and yeah. so you can uh, run around. And also, there's a, a section of the area that you could not uh, get across because the bridge is like in a different timeline, and you have to reveal it with Mog. But there's really not much over there in that other side other than, I believe, some items. There's a fragment or two. The last wild artifact you need. Was there a wild artifact over there? Yeah, you have to go back to where Yul di- Noel died. Gotcha. Not Noel, Yule. There's also the gate to, I believe it's Brescia 100 AF. The fucking most boring zone that's ever existed. I didn't end up, I didn't have a, I'm like one short of wild don't, artifacts. So. Don't go in there. You're not missing anything. Are there artifacts in there? There's got to be, right? Or, like, fragments? No, there's literally nothing in there. There's no area plot, just there are some monsters and some side quests, and none of the monsters are even good to capture. Gotcha. That's a bummer. There's not even, like, an area plot. Yeah. Yeah. Noel doesn't want to continue the journey with Sarah because he knows every time they change the future, Sarah loses some of her life. Sarah just wants to get to Valhalla. No, we'll help her get to there at least. Like the one thing that's I'm curious about this because how many times has Sarah actually seen the future? And it's like one time, right? Like she saw Snow about to die and Sunleth. But other than that, she hasn't been using that power all that much, right? I think that it's a matter of it's really just plot based, like you know, I guess five times isn't a big deal. Well, no, she saw it three times, three times to the end of the game, right? And they say it gets cut in half. So let's say it's like 70, 35, 17, like Sarah's dead as fuck at the end. Right, because yeah, she's like I don't think most right people now. get more than like three before they croak. That's a real yeah, unfortunate they say, thing. They don't say it shortens it. The one time they explicitly say halves. Yup. I, I don't know if they meant it, though. Like, I'm surprised that Yule even makes it to teenage years, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why you see them all die before 20. Well, that's why they have time VHS players. Like, if you only get, like, three shots and, you know, (laughs) three, maybe four shots and you're out. Hell, by the end of their lives, the Yules have got to be really bad, because if the average life expectancy is 30, oops, I had my one vision, dies. Like, I wonder, like, there, there must be, like, who is birthing all of these Yules, by the way? 
Like, where do they come I from? I think, like, time. I think they're just born regularly, and they all just look the same. They all have the same soul. They, like, a sack opens up, and they fucking, like, drop onto it, like, covered in ooze, like it's Blade Runner. No, you see, Etro gave someone the curse of her vagina, and that's how... Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, oh like I said, God. they fall out of a sack, gross and slimy. <laughs> if oh Jared Leto Lord. appears anywhere in Lightning Returns, I'm out. <laughs> oh man Yeesh. yeah worst part of that film by a mile anyhow finally we are done with this segment and they find etro's gate seeing a future where noel is happy with yule also mog is now phased back into existence yay Ooh. he was trapped in the void beyond and for what it's worth through most yay. of this i think from new bodom on you can still use Mog's functions. He just can't talk to you. He's around you transparent. You can't throw him. Yeah, it's the ideal 13-2 experience. <laughs> Don't you shit talk my beautiful baby boy. You can't throw him, though, <laughs> is the thing. I tried. That's true, yeah. You, yeah. you can make him phase things in and out, but otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mog, however, has been chilling with lightning. So that means he's carrying a message. Guardians are servants of Falsee. They are Lassie. Caius was made a Lassie a long time ago, but read recorded history, and has been plotting the erasure of history for centuries. Then we walk into a void and leave. Yay. It's got, like, the fucking, the highest Falsie of all time, who's just, like, always fucking just blazed. Because, like, think about it. He's got the longest time for whatever the fuck his focus is. It's, like, all of history. You got a point there. For what it is worth, I want to point out one terrible fuck you the game adds at this point. You uh -huh. cannot enter the dying world from the map. So if you didn't finish mapping out this massive place 100% for that quest, get fucked. Oh! You must do <laughs> all of the cutscene again to come really? back here and do that. Really? Because I came back, I went in a, and I tried Academia 500 AF. I went back afterwards because there's that section, like I mentioned, where you have to unlock the bridge. But I did that after attempting Academia 500 AF at least once and quitting out. Yeah, what he's saying is this section is counted as a different map. Oh, is that what's happening? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, cuz there's That's why mapping Academia 400 is the worst because you can't sorry, not 400 but a uh, 200 or whatever the fuck it is, the first one with all it's the 400 uh, AF, yeah. Vampires That's and 400. shit. 400. 4XX is the normal one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because the 4XX AF map is different. Yeah, cuz I'm at like yeah. 90 Here's the thing, like I am at like 97 plus percent on like five maps. And I don't know, I guess that's what it is. It's in a different timeline. There's a small section that's not accessible. It's only... Why are you so bad at video games? I that's actually Ugh. how some of these work, yeah. That's really <laughs> frustrating. Oh, man. Oh, wait, you know what the best part about mapping is? So, you know the Arcolite step, right? Yeah. You know up by where the gate to the Vile Peaks is, there's that weird pillar with a treasure on it? Yeah. Yep. You have to be on top of that. That's where the last percentage is. You have to get a chocobo and land you on that. Oh, because I threw Mog there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's where your missing percent is. God damn it. It's that pillar. And the map doesn't tell you. That's the worst <laughs> thing is that the map doesn't say, hey, uh, sorry, your 2% your is in another timeline. Or like in a plane that we yeah. don't map properly. 
Fuck, that's annoying. That's fucking, that's so good. There's a reason I described that as the second worst quest in the game, because, yeah. I love that. Oh, that's really awful. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that, because the only people who are negatively affected by that are the people who would try to do it and therefore deserve it. <laughs> it's a very Yoko Taro move. It's fucking great. It's it, very I don't trolly. think it's intentional, though. Like, this was just bad design that the developers didn't care about or didn't con- maybe not even consider. They probably should not yeah, have just made cosmic that. cosmic justice. <laughs> they probably just shouldn't have made it a quest. Like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Because they had to flesh out 400 artifacts, my dude. It didn't right. need 400 so, artifacts. Right, so, time pals go through the gate and leave. So the pair arrive at New Bodum 700 AF, and they find another distortion, and lightning arrives. Lightning explains that at the end of Final Fantasy XIII, Etro freed them from their brands and their crystal sleep, but that caused a distortion that sucked lightning into a void, which really just looks like a giant sinkhole, through the Historia Crux and to Valhalla. Yeah, this entire section is a massive exposition dump from lightning. And retcon. And retcon. Well, yes, and as part of the retcon. So in Valhalla, she could see everything, all parts of time. And she saw Cocoon's future and sensed Etro's divine will. And Etro, at this point, is dying. If she were to die, the world would descend into entropic chaos. At that point, Lightning chooses to fight for Etro in order to save reality. And this is when she... uh gets Sailor Mooned into her Valkyrie outfit. Yeah. Which, why? Lightning, get... Why? She's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like, they, they use her... It's so uh, stupid. It's so stupid. They they use her scarf, or, like, her cape to uh, to cover her uh, nakedness, but, like, ugh, God, why? Anyway, it was so unnecessary. Yeah, okay. We're gonna talk about it at the end, but this is where the only part of the plot that doesn't make sense to me happens. Okay. All right. So, at this point, Caius wants to find Etro and Valhalla and kill her and release the chaos, as we've discussed. He's trying to kill a lot of people, which would open up the Unseen Gate, which we've mentioned, I think, like a long time ago. Uh-huh. It's basically like what happened in Final Fantasy VII with, like, the Soul Stream, where it's a lot of people die, and then it opens up this thing, and then chaos will come through it. And Caius is planning on doing so by stopping the new cocoon in 500 AF from rising out of the ground after you've given, you know, the Graviton cores to Hope and gave him 100 years to figure it out. Okay. Explain this to me, Fletcher. Sure. Caius needs to be in 500 to make cocoon fall, but he also simultaneously has to be in Valhalla and kill Etro. Otherwise... Because he has to make the gate open, and then he also has to kill Etro to keep her from holding the chaos back. So, remember that thing I said about how Caius basically trained Noel wrong to get him to kill him? Mm-hmm. This is Caius playing lightning. No, no, I totally need to kill Etro. No, he doesn't have to do shit to kill Etro, he just has to get stabbed by Noel. Oh, so it's a long con. So, that's why he's in Valhalla... And that's his distraction to lightning, so she can't actually see, wait, what the hell is his plan? But isn't that, like, the same plan that was going to happen bringing back the Maker in the last game, where it's like, kill lots of people, then the Soul Gate opens, and then the gods are going to be back. Except this time, the god is chaos. Psst. 
There's actually every god in this pantheon kind of wants that gate open for their own ends, except Etro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, everyone wants to kill humanity to open the interdimensional gate. Gods are dicks. Yeah, that's kind of part of the plot of the next one. Uh, I, that, it's funny how that is the narrative conceit that keeps coming back and ties the series together, is just lots of dead people, open gates. Yeah. Very, very strange. Well, I mean, like, that was the premise of the Iraq War, right? We killed enough people, and then the unseen gate opened, and oil came through it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> you know what? Look, <laughs> you can't say that's incorrect. <laughs> I, I laughed. I will admit to laughing. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld, eat your heart out. No, don't. It'll kill Etro. Yeah, oh, that's how the chaos oh, gets out. Oh, please. Oh, no. And by oh, chaos, no. I mean the immigrants come through the gate into our country. Oh, no. Uh, Dick Cheney has Etro's heart. He totally does. He has it in a oh, man's no. safe. <laughs> oh, my God. This is getting too real. This is getting too real. Where does Henry Kissinger play into this? Who's excited about the portable chaos? <laughs> Uh, as long as it crosses over with the uh, yeah Metal Wolf Chaos <laughs> continuity. As long as I get my Kingdom Hearts 3. That'll never happen. <sighs> so soon. It's I coming in January. They announced the I date. I don't believe them. That's explicitly <laughs> after they said, I promise we won't delay it this time. Nomura apologized with the announcement. Nomura's life is an apology. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, but you still on? don't... Ex- no, because Fletch didn't explain my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which bit am I supposed to explain? He still has to make the thing fall. No, he, he doesn't. Th- his it's plan going, explicit. It's going to fall on its own if Hope doesn't do anything. No, but he's trying to stop. Uh, he needs to crash the new arc. Right. That's, Here's that's the, the thing. Whole, yeah. Okay, why does Hope have to do something then? Because everything goes fine until Caius dicks with No, him. no, no. Here's how this works. Caius has screwed with time to make the new cocoon fall. Ba- okay. That's why. That's the entire thing. That's what that paradox ending with snow is about. They've got to protect hope, otherwise everyone dies. So the original cocoon falling was just something that happened with the timeline warping, right? Because there's the original cocoon, which is going to fall anyway. Yeah. Right? It falls the, at the end. All of, of Caius's plans were to erode the crystal and kill humanity. That's it. Uh huh. If you fix those, everything goes off. Hope saves us. No problem. You know what I'm confused about? Why does humanity yes. have to live in a giant bubble in the sky? Because of the fact that the world is Neo-Australia and it will kill every man. Yeah, I, but I like, think they could do good. They could, they could yeah, figure okay, it out. Okay, but he has to fuck with Hope, which means that he's explicitly not in Valhalla. That's the thing. All of his plans, all of his screwing with history was to sabotage that event. He just needs to make the crystal fall before Hope is done. That's why he had the that's, royal rightness that's true. paradox. It's a game, yeah, it's a game of inches, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All of his stuff was made to make the crystal fall faster just because that's the thing. But Not that it requires action. It was inevitable. He's just trying to time it right. Yeah, okay. he wants to. I got to, you now. And that's the thing. That's all for nothing. That's all distraction. You see in the end game, it takes off. He still succeeds because that's not the plan. 
Now I'm extra confused. You can tell me about the ending later. Right, okay, right. I'll, I'll get to it when we get there. Like, we are one hour into this podcast, and we need to move a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, Sarah wonders if Lightning and her can be together after all their work is done, but Lightning does not answer the question. At this point, the player has Advanced Moogle Hunt, which can be used to unlock those special hidden objects in the field, including a wild artifact needed to leave this place. There's also a present from Hope, the access code to many supply spheres. I'm not actually sure what that is. It's There's like one in Academia 4XX. It's the supply spheres that you can see kind of yellowy out of phase with the weird uh, clock around them. Oh, I thought that was like the advanced Moogle hunt, though. I thought that or was maybe advanced like Moogle they're hunt. Tied yeah, but you okay. get it. Well, yes, but you get them at the exact same time. Okay, so that's how it works. Basically, what we've just done is gotten the pendant and chrono trigger. Now we can open all those black chests we saw throughout the game. Yeah, those were driving me crazy, by the way. Like, I, I was like, there has to be a reason why I can't open this, and I just never looked it up. The answer is just because, it turns out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hi, so this episode ended up running much longer than we originally anticipated, so uh, we are splitting it into two halves, and so we will be starting at the beginning of Academia 500 AF up until the uh, end of the game, and uh, we'll have uh, wrap-up thoughts uh, in the next episode as well. So uh, if you want to reach out to us, it is LightXThrice, either on Facebook or Twitter, Go ahead and reach out to us, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.